You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 17 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I am delighted to join on the line Tom Hiscott, the editor of the Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Looking forward to looking forward to Christmas, getting close, obviously, and yeah, plenty of football to talk about. There certainly is. I got my tree up at the weekend. Oh, you're ahead of me. <laughs> well, I highly recommend going to one of these uh, Christmas tree farms where you oh, actually right. pick your tree ah. and chop it down because I think I think that cuts out the middleman and you probably yeah. save yourself a good tenner. I would imagine so. Yeah, I was definitely that, on there. It's on the to-do list. That is the crit. Yes, that's my top tip for Christmas tree purchasing. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Western League football. Yeah. Uh, we've got two um, interviews uh, this week on the Western League podcast. The first is with Andy Black, the manager of Cadbury Heath. We're also uh, speaking to Jared Greenhall, the manager of Welton Rovers as well, for our first division interview. We start off this week's podcast by taking a look at the uh, fixtures that happened predominantly on Saturday the 7th of December, but we are going to kick off with uh, a bit of Friday night football. So this is Friday the 6th of December, and uh, it was a North East Somerset derby, if such a thing exists. Radstock Town the Miners took on Bishop Sutton. A reasonably healthy crowd of 78 saw this one, Tom, and it was an emphatic win for the home side. Yeah, strong second half performance uh, helped propel Radstock to uh, a fifth league win out of the last six. So they're in tip-top form, just coming up to the, the festive period. Uh, 5-1, as I say, over Bishop Sutton. Uh, first half was a yeah, bit of a quiet affair. Uh, Jack Biddescombe, uh, his header was uh, the only thing that separated the sides at the interval. Uh, but then, yeah, after the break, Radstock uh, came to life. Uh, Morgan Marsh and then Morgan Skip, so the two Morgans, uh, putting them three goals to the good. Uh, Richard Sutton then pulled a goal back, uh, but then it was James Rustall, top scorer for Radstock, uh, prolific, uh, and he hit a penalty uh, to make it 4-1 uh, before substitute Rico Sobers uh, added, a, added a fifth, ten minutes from time to, to wrap up the victory. Now, moving on to Saturday the 7th of December, we start our round-up in the Premier Division. Brislington, of course, who've been going very well, took on Tavistock. Tavistock looking to make up ground after their very... Um, good showing in the cup competitions and they did exactly that just on the outskirts of Bristol. If we thought Radstock against Bishop Sutton was emphatic then really Tavistock um, put this one to bed in, in quite incredible style. Yeah, I mean they've had, I think they've had, from memory, they've had some big wins in the cup. I think this might be their first uh, yeah, high scoring league victory. Uh, a 7-1 triumph away at Brislington. So uh, yeah uh, a fantastic afternoon for, for Tavistock. Uh, 23 minutes uh, had gone. Uh, goalless before for Tavistock really uh, uh, shot into shot into life. A couple of quick-fire goals from Jordan Anir and Josh Grant, putting them putting them two goals up. Uh, Nikel Plummer did then actually uh, pull a goal back for Brisbane. He was having a good season in front of goal. Uh, but then Grant and uh, Jack Crago scored just before the break to, to make it 4-1 uh, and pretty much put Tavistock out of sight. Uh, then, it, yeah, they continued continued attacking after the break and three further goals. Dan Evans, Callum Watson and then Crago completing his double uh, to complete, yeah, make it a 7-1 victory for Tavistock. Uh, another big away win comes in our next featured game. Cribs were at home to Clevedon Town. Now, of course, Clevedon have been doing very well. They're up to third in the Premier Division following this victory. And again, another emphatic uh, an emphatic win for the visitors. Yeah, another really good performance by on the wayside, which is, uh, yeah, it's good to see. Uh, and it was Archie Ferris, uh, very much the standout performer for 
for Clevedon. Uh, he fired in a hat trick for the for the away side, uh, and there was also a long ranger from Zach Drew, which uh, yeah drew rave reviews. So uh, yeah, making it four uh, 0 during the second half, and uh, that was yeah. Uh, Clevedon added a fifth, and and that was it. A five 0 victory away at Crips. Now, our next feature game um, covers off uh, Roman Glass and George, which is a side that I talk regularly about on the podcast as being one to watch. Um, they were coming up against Bitten. Now, the form guide would suggest that Bitten, of course, we all know their pedigree, should be walking away with this um, game against the side down in 17th. And uh, frankly, Tom, I was getting bored of telling you how Roman Glass <laughs> is going to come good every week because I know their results in the last couple of weeks haven't been great. But on this occasion, I was proved, I was proved <laughs> right. Yeah, indeed. Uh, a really good performance from Roman Glass, but it didn't look good uh, from the off. Uh, they fell behind in in the second minute of the match. Matt Groves uh, putting bit in the head. Uh, but uh, yeah, Roman Glass, to their credit, managed to, to fight back, getting back on level terms uh, from the penalty spot through Ryan Radford after he'd been fouled in the box. Uh, it was then Troy Simpson uh, giving them a, a half-time lead uh, with Liam Harding, then adding uh, a third half to the break and uh, yeah, completing the comeback. Uh, a 3-1 win for Roman Glass over Bitten. Very impressive result there. Uh, and, uh, well, continuing our theme of um, big away day victories, Shepton Mallet travelled down further into uh, into Western Somerset um, to take on Wellington. And, uh, well, um, it was an in- another emphatic away victory, Tom. Yeah, indeed. It seemed to be the uh, the, the theme of the day, big away wins. And, uh, yeah, Shepton were among that, uh, among that t- uh, trio of teams that did so. Uh, Jack Fillingham, uh, he started to find form again. Uh, he scored twice after the break uh, to extend their advantage uh, after a, a pair of Daryl Charman headers uh, put them two goals ahead at the interval. Uh, and then Fillingham, after scoring twice, uh, provided the assist for Joe Morgan, uh, who made it five late on. So uh, a really good uh, away performance from Shepton Mallet at Wellington. And finally, in the Premier Division, Westbury United took on Cadbury Heath. Now, Cadbury Heath find themselves down in 14th position. Uh, in the Premier Division, not been in a great run of form, although things did improve in the week when they had a good win over Roman Glass on Wednesday. Uh, they took on Westbury, not quite the force of last season, but still top 10 side in the Premier Division. Um, but really, the home side were left, well, with nothing at the end of this particular game. Yeah, I think we can call them a resurgent, Cabra Heath. Uh, a real real good upturn in form. Uh, another, another away victory, uh, 2-0 uh, over Westbury. Uh, obviously, as you said, beat Roman Glass earlier in the week as well. So uh, a good good couple of days for Cabra Heath. Uh, Ennis Atkin, uh, he was the star for them. Uh, he scored uh, scored the opener after 31 minutes to put them ahead. Uh, and then he provided the assist pretty late on uh, to help wrap up the victory. Ben Allen scoring uh, the second goal to, to stave off a late fight back. So, uh, yeah, Westbury nil, uh, but Cadbury Heath too. And as we say, a couple of, couple of wins on the bounce. First time this season they managed to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Back-to-back wins against Westbury and Roman Glass. And I thought this was a great time to get in touch with Cabri Heath's manager. Of course, a very well-known and very well-respected manager on the Western League circuit, Andy Black. And I started by asking him whether, after those two victories, his side had turned the corner this season. Hopefully so. I mean, it's, it just comes with hard work, really, you know, because we've um, we've struggled at times and at times we've been outclassed by teams. Um, but... Um, you know, you got you got to keep believing and keep uh, working hard, and hopefully you can get your just rewards. You know, because we went to Bridport um, the other week, and uh, we just we just didn't didn't perform. It was abysmal, to be honest. And uh, I said a few choice words after the the Bridport game, and um, you know, we have come out fighting after that game because uh, 
you know, the St. George, St. George game, and it was a good performance by us. And um, Saturday was, um, you know, it was a um, great win for us. Obviously, we had a bit of rubber the green, but in saying that, we had a lot of chances as well Saturday at Westbury. So, um, you know, and some of the some of the young lads have come in of age. Because Westbury, it's not an easy place to go, is it? They did ever so well last season. I know they're not going quite as well this season, but still a very difficult place to go. And perhaps from your perspective, was it even more pleasing that you managed to get the clean sheet? Yes, it was. But, you know, the, the, like I said, they, they, um, they, had, they, look, they had a lot of chances. They didn't take theirs. And we had, we had a couple of chances and we took ours. And, uh, you know, it was it was, it was good, good for the lads because uh, after a tough game like Wednesday against St George and... Uh, um, we hung on for the two-one win, and obviously going to Westbury, you know, obviously they're they're a strong unit, and um, it, it was a, it was more a surprise and also a boost for the lads because um, you know we've got you've got to be competitive, and you know we have been in games this year where we haven't been competitive, but um, the last two games we've been hugely competitive, so uh, let's hope we're turning the corner. Well, I'm interested to talk to you about that game against Roman Glass because the other managers that I've had on the podcast this season have said that, you know, Roman Glass, they've put together a very competitive side. So obviously you got the, you know, you got the win against them. But I mean, what did you, what did you make of them when you came up against them? We wanted to win the game more than they did. You know, I think we had more desire in, in um, our group. Um, and they, they had spells where they got on top of us, but... Um, Overall, I thought we, we worked really hard, and um, um, they have got some talented players. But um, you know, I, th- I thought we, we wanted to win more and had more desire than they had. Now you've had good results, um, draws against Shepton and Clevedon and Hallen, of course, not to mention Bridgewater as well. So that shows that you've been competitive this season. So, I mean, how do you reflect on your on your league position at the moment? I mean, you're in the bottom half. Is that a fair reflection? Do you think on how the team have performed? Yeah. Yes, I think so. Yeah, I think you know the league table doesn't lie. Um, we are where we are because we're not we're not consistent enough. You know, when we come up against big, strong sides like Parkway and Exmouth, um, we've struggled. We've struggled. There's no two ways about it. And um, you know, we put in a good performance, like you said, against Clevedon. Um, should have won the game. Couldn't hang on because um, going forward, we're as good as anyone. But um, the midfield's been a bit frail, and so's the defence. So it's an area we need to work on, but you know we hopefully you know we've got Buckland Saturday. They come to us, so um, if we can keep the form going, and um, I've got a couple of players coming back as well, so that's that's pleasing as well because you know we we haven't got that many experienced players at the moment in our in our group, so we, we could do it a few more. This isn't the first time you've come on the podcast. I know you've been at. Um, Cabri Heath for, for a while so in terms of your expectations for this season what were you targeting? Well I was a target at least um, at mid-table it has been a tough season for us we cannot lie we haven't had any good cup runs um, but we are developing a lot of players a lot of young players in the group you know and um, I'm sure they're you know I think it's great reflection because when you look at it in football you have you have good times, you have bad times, and I think it, it means more to you when you've had a bad time, when you had a good time, because it turn it round. You can turn it round and you keep working. There's a lot of lads there who are starting to believe in themselves. Now you mentioned before you've got Buckland at home. Um, ne- yes, uh, yes. Next, next, we lost two one away there about a month ago. 
well, if you played them a month ago, I think that's probably when Andrew Castle returned. Of course, they're not yeah. quite the side that they were at the start of this season. They've had some exceptionally good results um, yes, yeah. since Andrew Castle came back. So, in a way, this is really it's a great opportunity for the fans, you know, in the in the sort of South Gloucestershire area, to come and have a look at what will be a really competitive game of Western League Premier Division football. Yes, it will be. It will be, and you know, um, um, and we'll be having a go at them. You know, our confidence is up after the two wins. And we'll be trying to get three wins Saturday, you know. And uh, if we can play like we've done the last two games, I can see, you know, you know, Buckland are going to be in for a game because I think um, that we, we, we should be on top of our game Saturday. Now, one final question for you, Andy. A week or so ago, we spoke to Jamie Manley, the manager of Bridport, and you, you mentioned the Bridport game as being a bit of a turning point um, for you with a disappointment mm-hmm. of that defeat. But yeah. Jamie sort of gave us a he gave us an insight into the uh, the goings on between the managers in in the Western League, and he and he mentioned a conversation that you had about about the state of the Premier Division um, in the Western League this season. Now, I've, I've sort of suggested before that um, um, we're seeing a. a it's been a theme on this year's podcast that the Western, you know, that the Premier Division is probably as strong as it's been since we've been doing this particular podcast. But I just wondered, from your perspective, what was what was your take on on what you and the likes of Bridport were were coming up against this season? Yeah, I think it's been difficult. I think there's a little bit of a golf in sort of like the, the the top six and the rest of us. But then it's, it's no different to the Premier League, is it? Really, when you look at them, the teams like Norwich and Watford, that they're they know they're going to be in the bottom eight and try and fight for that. And um, I suppose you could probably look at our league that way as well. You know, there's lots of teams I've been impressed with. I've been impressed with um, Plymouth, uh, Exmouth, Tavistock. You know, there's some strong sides in it, really strong sides. You know, going back three or four years ago, you used to have four or five sides who weren't very strong, but there's no easy game. There's no easy game at all. So it's, 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 it's a really competitive league. Uh, in previous um, editions of the podcast, I've referred to Hallen as the Leicester City of the uh, of the Western League. They're going exceptionally well. But do you think then that the that the model then for teams that perhaps find themselves in the lower reaches of the Western League Premier Division is more the Sheffield United? That actually, if you can find a, a good team ethos and if you can find a way to win ugly, then actually it's possible for for for, for teams from lower down the league to to challenge some of the bigger boys. Yeah, I think so. You know, I've, I've been impressed with um, Sheffield Mallet as well. You know they they they've got some good players and they they play the game in the right way. Um, I think they've had a, a good season as well. And uh, but some it's hard to keep stabilising that. You know whether Hallam having a good season now, it's very hard to stabilise that year in year out or improve it. That's what we all try and do. We all try and um, get a good side. You know, hopefully we can build on it this year and be more competitive next year. But you know, like I said, if we can finish mid table, we've been more than happy this year Excellent. because we're developing a lot of young players and is that the pathway then for, for, for yes Cabernet? that is the pathway yeah we're looking to develop young players and build a good team spirit and um, look to push up the table Andy thank you very much for taking the time to speak to the podcast good luck well good luck for the rest of the season hopefully we'll catch yeah. up before the end of the season but it'll be fascinating to see how um, how the rest of the season pans out for you ok many thanks Another job, another saving. Brought to you by Toolstation. 
Is this all the receipts? Yes, boss. For everything we got from Tool Station? Yeah, why? I just thought we'd spend a lot more than this. Oh, no. We got all the best brands too. Makita, Santex, Karcher, Nest. Top job, top saving. With over 15,000 trade quality products at prices that are hard to beat, we're here to save you on every job. Hard to beat. At toolstation.com and all 340 branches. Now, moving into the first division... And um, we kick off with a five-goal thriller at Ashton and Backwell. Calm town were the visitors, but um, it was the hometown fans that went home happy. Yeah, eventually. Uh, had, to, had to do it the hard way. Uh, Carl, obviously, towards the, uh, the the top of the table. Uh, and, yeah, made it a, a good start to this one, going two goals up. Jake Allen uh, putting them in front uh, before Aaron Witchell uh, then uh, supplied a looping header uh, towards the end of the first half uh, to put his side two up at the break. Uh, so, yeah, looking like a, a, a good away win for Khan, but Ashton Abakwa had other ideas. Uh, and it was, uh, yeah, Jacob Spence who, who halved the deficit uh, to get them get them on the score sheet. Uh, and then two goals in the final seven minutes, uh, completing a, a pretty dramatic comeback. James White uh, with a with a contender for goal this season. Uh, and then Joe Bishop, uh, right at the death. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty remarkable comeback for Ashton Abakwa. And it's Khan uh, who go down to a 3-2 defeat. Now, our next game is the game that I was at, Devizes Town. <laughs> yes, very much mm-hmm. so. They took on lowly Bristol telephones. And, Tom, this was a real game of two halves. Yeah, indeed. Uh, four goals after the break for Devizes, uh, helping them claim a, a 5-2 victory over Bristol telephones. I'd say it was probably a, a much-needed three points for the home side. Uh, Ali Bradley uh, scoring pretty early on for Devizes uh, before the away side managed to, to cancel that one out. Uh, but then nine minutes into the second half, <clears throat> the home side uh, managed to restore their lead. Chris Allen uh, scoring from the spot to make it 2-1. Uh, Matt Swan uh, then extended the lead on the hour mark with Bradley's second, pretty much putting the result beyond doubt, uh, making it 4-1 uh, to devises. Uh, Bristol Telephones did manage to get another goal back uh, to set up a slightly nervy uh, ending. Uh, but it was, yeah, devises uh, managed to, to complete the scoring. Uh, Jordan Anning, I think it was, with the the seventh and final goal of the match, and yeah, first league victory uh, since uh, the end of end of September. So yeah, very much uh, uh, an important three points for Devizes. Yeah, and very much a nervy first half as well. I thought, I mean, I I, I thought Devizes were going to settle after they scored that opening goal, but to their credit, Bristol Telephones very much stuck to their task and they played their way back into the game. I, I wasn't entirely convinced with the validity of their equaliser. I should say no more than that, other than the fact that the uh, the linesman had a better view than I did. But anyway, they, the two sides went in at one all at half-time, as you say, and you never quite know how that's going to affect um, either side, really. I mean, um, still everything to play for in the game, and I did worry a little bit that Devizes might be um, a little bit frustrated um, by that first-half performance and, and coming in uh, level at the break. But um, it wasn't to be the case. They started, uh, really, it was a sort of a 10-minute period. It was, um, you know, it was fantastic stuff. And you mentioned the goal there by Matt Swan um, that was an absolute belter. It would have it would have graced any ground, any team in either division mm-hmm. and uh, probably probably higher, in fairness. It was an absolute belter. And I think for from the home fans' perspective, we all felt that really the game was done and dusted when that one went in. Plenty of huffing and puffing went on after that and... Um, we did get to see a couple more goals, but um, certainly a happy. It was it was a happy day um, in the in the Devizes bar um, after that victory. Probably less so for for Bristol Telephone, who may well have targeted that game 
um, as uh, an opportunity to get um, to get some valuable points on the board. But um, they they certainly showed enough that um, you know if they can get their confidence back, I think they'll be uh, a handful for 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 some of the sides in the. Um, in the first division. So, as always, a very pleasant afternoon spent in the uh, in the heart of Wadford, Wadworthshire. And here ends the party political broadcast of our <laughs> devices down. And we'll move on to a four-goal thriller bet- um, between two sides of very strong pedigree at the opposite end of the table than the one we've just been discussing. Sherbourne Town against Longwell Green Sports and very little, if anything, to separate these two sides come the final whistle, Tom. Yeah, ended Desmond a, a, a two-all two draw there between uh, Sherbourne and Longwell Green. A pretty good game uh, from all accounts, and it was uh, Longwell Green the away side who managed to to go ahead in the, the early stages of this one. Sam Crum putting them into a, a 12-minute lead, uh, but Sherbourne managed to to hit back after obviously they had that late heartbreak last Saturday. Uh, but Alex Murphy uh, very much doing doing the business for them at the moment. He managed to level the scores, uh, and then it was Joe Smith. Uh, scrambled the ball home uh, in the closing stages of the first half. So Sherbourne 2-1 up at the break, uh, but Longwell Green, our league leaders, did manage to hit back. Uh, Crumb bagging his second of the of the game uh, five minutes after the restart. And then uh, 40 minutes uh, of uh, the remainder, uh, neither side managed to, to grab another goal. So that was how it stayed, uh, a two-all draw between Sherbourne and Longwell Green. Uh, now, before we move on to our last featured game, um, I did want to talk about Welton Rovers against Almonds. Uh, well, these are two sides that we haven't had on the uh, on the podcast this season so far, and I thought it was about time we we put that right. So I took this opportunity to speak to uh, Welton Rovers manager Jared Greenhall. I started off by asking Jared whether that result was as frustrating as the scoreline might suggest. Yeah, it was a bit frustrating. So first half was. It was a bit scrappy, and then second half, we created more chances. We didn't just couldn't quite finish. We couldn't quite get one goal, and I think if we'd have got one, we'd have won the game. Almost we offered um, not a lot, to be honest, going forward, but they were quite well organised. We were lacking, I think, just a little bit of creativity up front, and um, yeah, so we just it's a bit disappointing, really. I wanted to get a second, a like back-to-back win, so. No goals to speak of, but that does mean that you had a clean sheet and you haven't had one of those for a while, so that must have been a positive for you. Yeah, we've worked quite hard on getting a bit more solid. I think we were a little bit too open at the beginning of the season, so we've worked on that. And if you look at the, the results, really, going back, apart from the Longwell Green where we had a bit of a nightmare, um, I think we've conceded one goal now in each of the games, really, up until, like I said, apart from the Longwell Green game, really. So, yeah, we're getting solid at the back. We've just got to, we've got to put away teams. And I think um, you know, we've got to put our chances away a little bit better. And that will then start pushing us, getting turning ones into threes, really. Obviously, you've mentioned that game against Longwell Green. But since then, you've had, uh, you had a win over Devizes and a good draw away um, to Wells, who you know, were going great guns earlier this season. I mean, do you, yep. do you feel that your season's been a little bit stop-start so far? Um, I think we had uh, the start of the season, um, we didn't have a great start, although we won the first game. We were, we were trying to change quite a few bits, well, quite a lot, quite quickly within the club and within the team. Um, you look at it now, it's quite a young team. They need to find their feet and they need to gel together, really, which I think they're doing now. And I think you're seeing that in the performances. Maybe not so much in the results at the minute, we're still a bit up and down. 
some frustrating ones. I thought Wales, if whoever watched the Wales game, it's a crack, it's a good game actually. To be fair, it's, um, same as when we went down to Cheddar, we drew down to Cheddar, and it's a good game. Um, uh, devises we we should have put them away second half, um, and we didn't, and we almost we almost conceded right at the end. Um, and again, Ormondsbury, we we were never really in trouble. It was just um, we just didn't put our chances away. Uh, the Longwell Green was a, a standout, a standalone game. We didn't, we threw that game away. Not really. We didn't really lose it. We gave it to them. You're fourteenth in the league at the moment, but where would you like to see the side finish at the end of the season? It's an interesting question, really. I, I've not really put any position on it. I think, I think they're well capable of putting um, the teams well capable of finishing in the top six. I think um, if we get into if we're a top eight finish, we can build on that for next season. We, like I said, we put ourselves a little bit behind um, the eight ball uh, first probably six, seven games where we lost to teams that are below us currently. And if we'd have won those three games, we'd have been nearer the top half than we are currently mid-table, really. I think the, the league's quite interesting this year. It's quite closed up. I think two or three wins and you suddenly go from, I think, I think fifth place is, I think, six or seven points ahead of us at the minute. So... I think the league is really squashed up, and I think it's going to be it'd be interesting to see who actually comes out on top actually this year. But I think, in answer to your question, if we finish in the top six, I'd be I think I'd be very pleased with them. I think it'd be a good season, a good start. Now um, we've talked so far about your games against Longwell Green and Wells, and you mentioned um, Cheddar, and I know you've given Carn the league leaders. Um, or actually, they were the league leaders before Longwell Green overtook them. Um, you've given them a good game as well. So, which teams that you've come up against so far? Which teams have impressed you the most? I think certainly Longwell Green have got the experience in there, and they're well organised. Um, and I think Luke Bryan up front gives them something that's a little bit better than most of the other teams. I think. Uh, I was quite. I think Wales going forward were really good. Um, you know, I like the, the. You know, they got some players that obviously played higher. So I think those two probably stood out. I think. I think Carnu are, are well organised, um, and they've got a goal scorer. So I think again, they'll be they'll be there thereabouts. And obviously, if, if Bradstock can keep their kind of their their strikers fit and, and keep them firing, which they seem to be at the moment. I know Sam Gregory's out, but I think. Um, I think the two lads they got up front are decent as well. I think so. It's going to be interesting. I I can't really place who's going to win it this year. You know what it's been like the last few years. There's pretty much been two or three outstanding teams all the way through the leagues. Whereas this year, I don't think there is. I think it's pretty close. Um, but I would expect probably Longwell Green and Wells, in my opinion, to be uh, there thereabouts. Now we have to talk about your cup form. Um, this season because it's been incredibly impressive. You've had wins against Lark Hall and Brislington and you ran Cribs close. Um, do you think yep. these results have shown the fans what your Welton side are capable of? Yeah, I think the, we seem to play better, certainly against teams that are deemed to be in a higher position than us. I think we do, I think we do quite well there. Um, I think our system suits that. I think the players suit that as well. Like I said, our front four is quite young. So I think they uh, they get a little bit uh, personally. I think they get a little bit more time when they play against the better side. So the, the organisation is slightly different in the teams that we play. Like when we play Larkhall and Brislington, the organisation is slightly different. So it gives them a little bit more. Um, I think a little bit more uh, space and to be a little bit more creative, and that's what they like. And I think that helped. That really helped us. I think we, we went toe-to-toe with both of them, really. Briz and Larko. I didn't think there was much between the sides. I think 
I think we rode our luck a little bit with Larkall, but um, and, and then they're a very good side. But I thought Briz, we went. We, I thought it was a pretty close game, to be honest. So yeah, I think I think it, there's a lot that can come from. There's a lot more to come from the team. Like I said, I hope people uh, who are watching realise. Like I said, that what we try to do is really bring the the age down um, and bring it back to local community, you know, local players. Um, and give those young lads a chance, really, so that they can show what they can do. And I think if we do that, you know, we'll become strong second half of the season. I think into next season, they'll be very strong. Now you've got Lebec up next. Uh, that's followed yeah. by you, uh, that's followed yeah. by Hengrove. Um, and and yeah. those t- what's interesting about those two fixtures is that's two teams that are around you. So when you're fighting it out with sides that um, uh, you know are in the same position as you in the table, looking for points, does that make those games harder? No, I just take each game as it comes. I think each one's got their merits. Um, I think the, the, the difficulty we've had is probably the teams that are slightly below us, where there's a little bit um, less structure to the games. I think, um, you know, if you know the back, they've got a really strong forward line. Uh, going forward, they're, they're pretty strong, but they're open to counters. So you, you kind of know what you're getting with those guys. You, you, you know, um, Hengrove, I haven't even seen this season. It's a shame, really. I wanted to go over. I think, is Jamie still the manager there? Was he taken back over? I don't know. Jamie Hillman? Uh, yeah, so again, they'll be like well-organised. Um, I think they've had a bit of a, a rough ride with players and stuff, but they'll be well-organised as well. So I don't think there's many... I, when we played Devizes, I didn't think they were awful, and they're down near the bottom. Even telephones had um, mm. some bright parts about them. I think the league is really, I, I think the league is quite tight. I think you've seen that. Some of the results, uh, you'll know, some of the results are uh, just bizarre. When the third place, t- I think it was Wing Canton, got put six past. Mm. And you're like, where did that come from? <laughs> so I think it's, um, I think everyone can really do something against each other. I don't think there's, there's not a barn spot in this league. I think every game's pretty tough. Um, I think you've just got to try and work out a way to to get past that particular team. So, in answer to your question, not really. We're, I don't mind if we're playing Wells or uh, Longwell Green or whether we're playing Telephones. We, we kind of approach it in the same way, really. Now, we can't uh, have a conversation without talking about the Boxing Day fixture. Um, Who's uh, that against? Uh, that, well, it's that, it's, it's that mob up the road. Um, <laughs> the Coalfield Classico, of course, and it's one that I've talked um, about before at length on um, on the on the podcast because I know how important it is in the in the communities of Midsummer Norton and Radstock, and you see that um, um, in the gates. Uh, you know, um, I think there'll be plenty of people listening to this thinking, why on earth is he talking about a Boxing Day clash between two First Division sides? You know, when there is massive games going on in Devon, um, you know, to sort of to, to, to sort out the destiny of the Premier Division, but it really is a huge game. Game, isn't it, Jared? Yeah, it's my. It's actually, you know, it's my first one actually. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it is because there's, there's. I think there's there's a good rivalry. It's quite friendly actually. I, I I'm always welcome down there. Obviously, I, I know a lot of the um, people down at Radstock, and and they're always welcome up to well. And I think they would come up watching Saturday actually half of them. So I think it is a big game in. The scheme of things, I think um, for us is we're on a different. I think we're on a slightly different structure at the moment than Radstock. So I think they're probably overwhelmingly um, favourites to win the game, especially being at home as well. So I think from my point of view, it's just us getting up there, doing what we do, not worrying too much about um, how they play or what they do, um, and see if we can upset 
uh, upset the odds really against them. I mean, they're flying at the moment. I mean, they're banging in goals left, right, and centre. Obviously, confidence is pretty high. Undoubtedly, favourites for it. But I think we've, like I said, I think we've got players that can do can do something. So, said hopefully, when we turn up Boxing Day, and it'll be the pitch will be decent. I'm sure it will be, and then it'll be a good game for people to come down and watch. And it's always good fun in that Boxing Day. So. <laughs> And um, before I let you go, Jared, um, I know you're a, you're a manager who's you know had uh, a lot of experience uh, around the Western League over the years. But for some of the Welton Rovers fans in particular, this will be the first time they've um, heard you, um, uh, particularly on the on the on the podcast. So, could you tell us a little bit about your journey to the to the Welton Rovers dugout? I started coaching with um, Radstock with Terry Moore a few years ago. It was, and then I went down to uh, Cheddar where I managed for three years. And then we parted company. We, we had some, obviously, we, we ran the, the league very close a couple of times um, at Cheddar. And then it's, they played the kind of football. I think they're still playing now, really, where we you know we try and knock the ball around a little bit. And then um, we parted company and I, I, I wanted a break. And then I went last year just helping out down at Bishop Sutton just to, to see if I still was interested, <laughs> to be honest. And then, um, obviously, Malcolm approached me and... It was a bit difficult to turn down, really. I think the club is such a good club. It's such a, this, you know, and I've been welcomed there, which is great. I think the the people that come and watch are fantastic. They get behind the team. Um, the pitch is just brilliant to play on. Um, even in this weather, it's like superb. The club setup's brilliant. The the guys that work there, Gareth and Dave and Malcolm and all the guys there, are absolutely superb to me. Um, it certainly brought me back to football, which was. Which is um, which is good, good because I'm I'm really enjoying it now. And my thanks to Jared for his time. Now, finally, in the first division, uh, Bishop Lydiard. They were at the races. With a name like that, you would have thought they kept their money firmly in their pocket. And they would have been wrong to do so because they came romping home uh, at Wincanton Town. Really, there was only ever one one winner here. We can safely say that the hometown were not at the races. I'll leave the, uh, the the horse racing anecdotes to you. Uh, a 6-1 win for, for Vicious Lydiard. So, yeah, fantastic victory for the away side. Uh, Wincanton, uh, tough afternoon for them. Uh, Ryan Biss scoring their only goal uh, during the opening 20 minutes. Uh, but that was as good as it got. Bishop Lydiard storming to, storming to victory. Uh, ben Hebditch, uh, he managed to, to grab a double. Uh, and there was also goals from Charlie Wilson, uh, Ryan Brereton, uh, Mark Clooney and substitute James Quick also getting in on the action. So uh, a very one-sided victory uh, for Bishop Lydiard, who uh, yeah returned to some of their early season uh, form where they seem to be uh, yeah scoring a lot of goals. So uh, signs are signs are good for for, for Bishop Lydiard. Excellent stuff. Well, that concludes our look back at the, uh, the fixtures from the weekend. Of course, we now look at the upcoming fixtures, and we're going to start by looking at um, Saturday, the 14th of December. I say we're going to start because, actually, for those of you who are looking at the fixture list, you will see that there are two plum ties on Tuesday, the, 20th, the 10th of December, particularly in the Premier Division. Bitten take on Clevedon, Buckland are at home to Parkway. Um, however, there's a very good chance that this won't be published until after mm-hmm. those games when we'll all be able to read the match report. So I won't labour that too much. Um, but I will ask you, Tom, if we look at the Premier Division fixtures on Saturday, which games have caught your eye? Yeah, so the game that stood out to me most was, uh, yeah, Hallen uh, against Shepton Mallet. Obviously, Mallet, two big wins now uh, on the bounce, scoring a fair few goals. As I say, Jack Fillingham back amongst the uh, uh, back amongst the goals himself. A couple of braces recently. 
but they take on a well travel to take on a Halland side who are now unbeaten in eight. So uh, a tough, tough nut to crack. Uh, but Halland at home, well, fancy extending that that uh, that run uh, against, uh, as I say, a Shepton side that are full of confidence at the moment. So that looks like an absolute cracking fixture. I do have access to the com- to the computer during this conversation, and I really would like to look up the results from last season because I've got a sneaking suspicion that Brislington caused an upset against Plymouth Parkway last season. Now, I might be wrong, but um, Brislington play Parkway um, on Saturday. And, uh, well, I'd be very interested to see the result of that game. That's not going to be my pick of the fixtures. My pick of the fixtures, um, having having bigged them up so much at the beginning of the podcast, is going to be Roman Glass St George. They are away to high-flying Clevedon Town. I think this will be a very competitive game. So that's going to be my pick of the fixtures. Uh, But I will be fascinated to see what the result is between Brislington and Parkway. Anyway, in the first division, Tom, what game there has caught your eye? I have plump four. Longwell Green, uh, top spot, so a little bit of a boring choice. But they take on uh, Ashton Backwell, obviously had that uh, stirring comeback uh, victory over Calm uh, on Saturday. So taking on a couple of the top sides uh, in back-to-back games and travelling to take on Longwell Green. Uh, yeah, full of confidence, and uh, yeah, interesting to see if Ashton can uh, create uh, another another big victory for themselves. Well, Warminster Town could certainly do with a win against Portishead Town in the league to get them firing in some sort of form commensurate with what they've been doing in the cup competitions. But the game, if I'm looking for competitive, then the game I'm going to go for is Lebec against Welton Rovers. These are two t- <laughs> two teams that find themselves in similar positions uh, in the in the league. And um, yeah, I, I I think that that would, be a, that would be a good game. I think Welton Rovers are a very difficult side to beat. And I think Lebec probably target those home games um, as their opportunity to pick up points. So I think that would be very competitive. Right then, well, that's a look at the upcoming fixtures. Now, we had a good look at the, the league table last week. So we're going to have a look at the hot shots. Uh, so do you want to take us through who is hot in the Western League, Tom? Who is hot? So in the Premier Division, uh, league league goals only this. Uh, we've got Adam Carter of Plymouth Parkway, uh, still quite a long, long way out in front. He's got 22 league goals uh, ahead of Jack Fillingham, who I've mentioned a couple of times uh, during the, during this uh, this broadcast. Uh, he's got 13 league goals now. Uh, he's overtaken a couple of chaps. Lucas Fowles of Clevedon uh, is on 12. And then we've got a couple of guys on 11. We've got Gary Higdon of Bradford uh, and Nico Plummer, who's uh, recently joined Brislington from Bradford. Uh, so he's got 11, uh, if, if you include his goals for both clubs this season. Uh, in the first division, uh, it's James Rustle. Obviously scored a, a penalty uh, in, in Radstock's big Friday night victory. So he's up to 17 league goals. Uh, Harry Foster of Wales didn't play on the weekend. He's on 14. Uh, and then Carl Stuart Windsor is on 12. Uh, so that's in the first division. Uh, and then in overall, so uh, competitions including the Cups, uh, County Cups and everything, I think. Uh, going by the FA uh, website, we've got Jack Crago leading the way. He's on 27 goals in all competitions. Obviously, a, a brace for him on the, on the weekend in, in Tavistock's big 7-1 victory. So that certainly helps him uh, extend his lead uh, at the top 27, as I say. Uh, and then we've got James Rustle uh, of Radstock, who I mentioned just then, on 22. Adam Carter also on 22. Uh, and then, yeah, some of the similar names. Uh, Foster of, of Wells uh, and Higdon of Bradford, both on 19. Fillingham of Shepton on 18, and then Jack Taylor of Bridgewater. He's having a, a really good season. He's got 16 goals. Now, a little bit of any other business for you before we uh, we close this uh, this week's edition. The Les Phillips Cup draw has been made. We haven't laboured it because there's still quite a few matches to be decided. Um, mm. And uh, I think we'll wait 
until such a time as we've got a clear idea who'll be playing in the quarterfinal. Don't worry, listeners, you're not missing out on anything because those ties won't be played until the 18th and 19th of February. So we have got a little bit of time to wait for that. Um, I'm sure you can find it on social media if you look hard enough. And indeed, I'm sure it's on the league's website as well. So And the bulletin. And of course. The of, course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. But we will wait until we've got the definitive roundup. Yeah. Um, Lots of balls. Uh, yeah, very much so. And we are, we are, you know, I am very nervous that I'm going to lose my co-commentator for the cup final because Helen is still in it. Mm. Um, but anyway, there we go. We wait to see whether that happens. The other thing I wanted to mention was the fact that the respect award uh, for the first, I think it's quarter of the season has been presented by uh, league director Sue Merrill. And uh, it's gone to Radstock Town and it went, uh, the, the, the presentation was made to their skipper, Luke Ingram. So hats off to, uh, to Radstock Town. For that, we have, of course, Tom, as you quite rightly point out, been reviewing your excellent bulletin. Where can the listeners find that? So that is on the uh, the Toolstation League website, of course. Uh, there's a tab along the top, uh, and there's also a way to download it. If it's about halfway down the page, uh, on the on the home page, uh, yeah, as I say, you can download that as a PDF, and you can also get it in Word format if you if you if you so please. So yeah, that comes out every week, uh, looking back over what's happened and and also looking ahead. Uh, to to the games uh, over the coming week. Excellent stuff. Tom, thank you very much indeed for your time and all your hard work on the bulletin. It is appreciated. Welcome. And, uh, well, I look forward to catching up with you next week on the Tool Station Western League Podcast. <laughs>